Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Booth. You are joined by g'day, myself g'day. and Husey after uh, the final round of the Rugby Championship and uh, a couple other things happening in the rugby world. Yeah, not much we're talking about though. Don't know why we're even doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing we're talking about whatsoever, if you're a Wallabies fan. If you're is. a Wallabies fan, yeah. I mean, other than maybe Pistol Pete putting in another... Yeah, putting in a good shift. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't... I. I didn't get to watch much of the game. Um, the parts of it I did watch, pretty average. I don't know. Like, you know, I, you can't always put everything on the ref. As much as I feel like calls went against Australia, at some point, though, you've got to take responsibility and start playing to what the ref is is calling. And, I mean, it's hard. I get it. The referees are from all different parts of the world. And the standard is all over the place at the moment, so you don't know what they're going to call every single game. But somehow Australia always seems to be on the short end of the stick, and at some point you can't be looking at the referees and pointing the fingers at the referees. At some point you've got to look at yourselves and be like, why is it always us getting called out? Why us? Why us? (laughs) And, you know, is it are we too lippy to the referees and they don't like um, the Australian attitude? I don't think so, really. I think most of the time when I see the the Aussies on on the rugby pitch, they're... Um, generally pretty good, with the exception of maybe Nick White. But even then, it's not that bad. It's a halfback. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's rugby as well, right? Like, you know, it's rugby. It's not rugby league, yeah. right? You know, they're not calling them by their first names and everything like that. <laughs> so I don't think it's that. At some point, it's, it is just discipline, and we just got to be uh, better. You know, there there are certain ones like Jed Holloway's yellow card, I thought was a bit rough. I thought it was a bit rough. Uh, what's he supposed to do in that situation? Uh, I think it's warranted. Yeah, but it's it's unlucky. It's hella yeah. unlucky. Like it's, the situation, it's, him and like neither of the Wilson nor Jed Holloway know the other one's going to be doing that. And if yeah. it's just one of them doing it, that situation doesn't exactly. Happen. So but like yeah, the, 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 there there's some like that where it's just like how it's a bad, yeah. bad roll of the dice. Yeah. How the fuck did we get that one again? Like that's just yeah yeah. Wallaby. It's a, it's a it's a it's a bad it's a bad roll of the dice. But there are others of them where you've just got to be that little bit better and we've got to be just that little bit tighter. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, I think the, the rugby skills side of it, the Wallabies have looked better, sure, but that doesn't matter when you're giving away such a lopsided penalty account because then you don't have the ball ever. And so, 100%. you know, and I think the Wallabies showed really great defence when Holloway went off for the first period of the game where they were down a man and they didn't concede any points. Oh, that was great. But then that sucks so much energy out of you that you put in a lesser performance for the rest of the game. So 100%. it all it all adds up, especially against a quality opponent like New Zealand and, and the quality opponents will play in the World Cup and things like that. So yeah, discipline's just gotta gotta be better. So it was it was my one big work on from them. If you haven't watched, I did a rugby championship review on our YouTube channel. And I think that was the one big work on I had for them was primarily their discipline. Discipline yeah. within the game, too many cards, discipline with at certain moments, it was that was discipline. It was what cost the Wallabies a, a couple of crucial moments. I feel like, especially when you look at those All Blacks games. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was. It's tough. Tough act. Good. Good news has come out today that apparently Eden Park will be off limits for the All Blacks next year when the Rugby Championship in Bledisloe is on because of the fo- Women's Football World Cup that I think. We are dual hosting with you lot. Wonderful. Um, so, I mean, that's positive news. Does yeah. it mean you'll end up with a bleeder slow? Probably not. Um, but I, I, I was fascinated. I think this is probably our best rugby championship we've had in a while. I said it in the, the video as well. I said, not just as an I as a New Zealander, but I as in 
all four nations. I think it's been coming for a while. We needed a competitive rugby championship, and I feel like we finally got one that delivered on that. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pro- as a New Zealander, am I happy with how the rugby championship went? Well, you'd be a, you'd be stupid if you weren't. I mean, that's the thing. Through the the absolute, you know, rhetoric that's been going around the 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 the. Absolute disgusting. Ian Foster out. Ian Foster out. The this is the worst New Zealand All Blacks team ever that we got at the start of the tournament to come home with a Freedom Cup. We came home with a Bledisloe Cup and the Rugby Championship. Uh, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. You know what I actually think this is, and and I think there was something that there was a moment in that Wallabies game that I think summated everything, and it was Angus Bell against Tyrell Lomax. And again, I take us back to this room not too mm. long ago where Angus Bell and Arja Holtz. Absolutely sent Tyrell Lomax and Xavier Numia back to the bin. Um, and, Xa- uh, and Tyrell Lomax won two penalties against Angus Bell. And I was like, you know, this is just, it feels like the All Blacks have come around. Like, we've come from the, we've gone around the dark side of the moon. Like, you know, we've, we're, we're in the light again. Uh, you've, gone through like. the, you've gone through the pain and now you've got the gain. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, which, it, it, which is, it's funny because for a Wallabies reporter, this has been happening for 20 years. Whereas oh yeah, our pain was pain. like two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, lost, uh, you lost to Argentina and South Africa. <laughs> Jesus. What a, what a struggle you lost. <laughs> and the amount of whinging that came out of New Zealand about those oh. losses, but you lost you lost to Ireland, Argentina, and South Africa. Now, where's Argentina ranked in the world at the moment? Uh, they are six. They're six. Yeah. So you lost to three top ten sides, yeah. right? You could say if you want to be even more specific, top seven, top six sides, top or whatnot. Six sides, yep. Right. You lost. To, you lost to them. So yeah, we and lost the to amount Ireland. of whinging that's come out, <laughs> but the All Blacks, you know, the stuff like the All Blacks. Uh, what is it? The All Blacks sort of like mystique is gone, right? The All Blacks are, are mortal again. Uh, it's not the same. Anyone involved should be ashamed. Uh, all these modern kids don't know what it means to be an All Black. Like, he lost four games. Wow. We, we lost-, lost four games in six weeks. We lost four games this year, right? Like, give me a break. But it just shows what a melodramatic lot you guys are over there in New Zealand, right? What a spoiled... What a spoiled bunch you are there. A team that's that good. I wish I was that spoiled. <laughs> you, know? you can take Ugh. one year of the All Blacks, the Wallabies, putting All Black light performances out there, and you'd be a happy camper, wouldn't you? Yeah, if they could do it next year, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Capture was, the World Cup, the Blood is like next year. I'll, I'll shut up for a while. After <laughs> that, you know? I, 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 did, I found it funny. Ireland currently ranked number one in the world. Mm. South Africa, number three. Argentina, number six. You know, not bad teams to be losing to. If you compare this to what you'd say, a Wallabies team who, say, let's say, are normally ranked fourth-ish around there. Losing to one would probably be the All Blacks. Losing mm-hmm. to a three would probably be about South Africa, which, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to complain too much about. And then a one-off loss against Argent- an Argentina. And we, lo- we, lost to, we lost to England as well, who's, what, probably... Third, oh, yeah. no, they must be fifth or something around there. They're up there, though. There goes good. Ireland, France, South Africa, New Zealand, England, Argentina. All, all the teams we lost to bar Argentina have been higher than us in the rankings. And even Argentina are now as well. Yeah. So, which is... But I don't think they were when we lost to them. Probably not. Yeah, I think after that All Blacks win, they probably. Got yeah, them. but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting rugby world at the it moment. It could be. It could be. It could be worse. We could be Italy rugby supporters. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We. I mean. Yeah. Um. We could be USA getting knocked out by Chile, not even in the World Cup. Well, no. Well, like they were. Well, you know, like they they were the, at that moment. Yeah. yeah. Not in the rugby. Yeah. Having to go for a different path. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Again. We. Well, could I'm, be worse. I'm I'm blessed. Uh, it could, as far as I say, it could be worse. Means being a Wallaby supporter to me, like yeah. that's my worst. Like I'm yeah. like imagine imagine not winning a Blue for twenty years. Yeah, you know what would be even worse than that? 
being a Springbok fan and just being the most whingy <laughs> fuck on the internet. I do. I think, and, and it is funny, I would love, I would love to have known what would have happened if the call that the Wallabies went through happened to Andre Pollard. Oh, my goodness. Imagine the, the absolute disarray that would have caused in the social media world. Johannesburg would have burnt to the ground. Right? <laughs> there would have been riots across South oh. Africa. There would have been sport. riots across South Africa and across most of Western Australia based on how many South Africans live there as well <laughs> in Adelaide. Yeah, if that, yeah, imagine that happened. I mean, yeah, imagine that happened to Geordie uh, or Bowden Barrett or Richie Moonga, yep. right? What what would happen in New Zealand? Imagine that happens to Marcus Smith, right? Yep. Far out, London Bridge would have fallen again. Like, yeah, it, if you look at any nation and imagine that happening to them and there's rioting in the streets <laughs> australia we're just so used to it it's just a just another thursday to us typical wallabies yep. uh, a, ty- a typical refs cursing the wallabies <laughs> taking it away from us oh sorry i was just channeling some Sp- springbok fans i saw on facebook there just everything's always against us oh, uh, all right god i mean yeah but like i was saying good rugby championship great yeah, rugby championship. one of the best of not i mean the best. up until this last week it was it was open like mm. you know it could have it was mathematical to go to to anyone this week, I think, except for Argentina. No, even they, could, even they, if they, yeah, had, they, they had if, to get a bonus had, point. If you had knocked us off and not got a bonus point, and yeah. they had knocked South Africa off and got a bonus point, they would have won. There you go. So that, it was mathematically possible for everyone in the last week to win it. Yeah, which is great. Exactly is that what, what I'd like want. to see? I want to see another team in there. Get, <laughs> get Japan in here. I, I would love that as well. Yeah. I think. Uh, like I said this in the, in the video. Um, I may have I, I fucking had to reshoot it about a hundred times because I'm shit with IT and fucking record without the camera going or record without the the mics going. Um, All falls apart with I'm not here. Yeah, it does. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, but I, the since the Tri Nations left, the 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 aura has definitely been off the rugby championship. It's not so much a like I remember the Tri Nations back early days where you were like, oh fuck, I just want to beat South Africa. I want to beat. Yeah. It's not so much that this was the first year I was like, okay, there's some competitive enough. I definitely think there's an opportunity to grow this. Um, yeah. And we're going to touch base on this soon about the Super Rugby because I know Japan have come out and offered a saving grace, which I think could work really well. But yeah. I, I, I do, I don't mind that idea, even though I haven't, I haven't even really put too much thought into it. I do, I like the idea of getting Japan in there. They've I mean, they've shown they can beat South Africa. They've shown on, on the global stage. I would like two type of Six Nations uh, situation. Um, yeah. I think it would be a, a great thing for rugby. It would be different. It would, But the, the, the fascinating thing with like a Six Nations, and what I love about the Six Nations as well, is you play everyone once. You've only got one opportunity. If you mm. have to go away to South Africa, you have to go away to South Africa. You don't get the choice. A- again, you could do that five and then have a, a separate Bledisloe game that doesn't count towards that. I think would, would be fascinating. I would love to see what we just saw with the the Pacific Nations Cup and the winner of that also get included into yeah. something like that some way. Again, I don't know. You don't want to go too expanding it too quickly. Samoa clearly aren't at the level of... Uh, a Wallabies or All Blacks or South Africa but if we want to get these teams better I think there's an opportunity there yeah, Japan's 100%. definitely the first step yeah 100% and you know the Tri-Nations had its mystique because it was just those three nations right if it's not going to be just those three nations anymore then yeah look to look into what it could be like the Tri-Nations it's like the, you know the Bledisloe the Bledisloe yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's relatively unchanged right the The Tri-Nations was the Tri-Nations it was a great concept It's it's gone away now so then, okay, we're looking at the rugby championship. Yeah, it doesn't sound like, oh, yeah, we won the rugby championship. Everyone's just sort of like, oh, what, what, what's that? It doesn't matter. It, you, you, but hearing someone say, oh, we won the Tri-Nations, oh, yeah, that's great, you know. Yeah. 
But so we need to build it into its own thing and distinguish it from the Tri Nations and yeah, including more countries in there to make it more like a Six Nations kind of thing. I think is I a definitely, is uh, a good good idea. I mean, look, it was already and it, it's not saying like this year was bad and needs improvement. We just said this year was good, but it's like what can we, what more can we do to to build the game and build this competition up. I mean, yeah, and the, and the fascinating thing, you just call it the Six Nations. You have the Northern Hemisphere Six Nations, yeah. the Southern Hemisphere Six Nations. I think it works really well. I think it's a, it's a great... Northern game. Hemisphere winner, the Six Nations plays the, the Southern, Southern Hemisphere, Hemisphere winner. winner. I mean, yeah. look, there's the possibilities are endless world rugby. I don't exactly. know. Look, we've been saying this for... I don't even know how many episodes we've been doing this podcast for, but just like, we're available. Hire us. <laughs> so, you know, we've got all these good uh, ideas, putting them out there for free. And I actually yeah. saw I saw David Campisi, and I'll have to do some research into some of his ideas because he posted on Instagram and it was like I've shared my ideas with the Wallabies and it's fallen on or Australian rugby and it's fallen on deaf ear. What are your ideas? Mm. Um, and I didn't go too much into it. The comments were pretty fucking shit when I first got there. Yeah, uh, but I would love because David Campisi is quite an outspoken guy. Like he he loves his like his opinion, and it's not again. He's come from years of experience, so I may for our next podcast go and do some research into what David Campisi has said in the past and see maybe if it's good ideas, bad ideas, yep. how it can work. Because he's he's very, I guess, uh, not against. I don't want to say against rugby Australia, but believes there could be a lot of improvements. And yeah. from one of the games, greats over here, it is an interesting. Well, yeah, they're not exactly a resounding success story right now. Like, so, <laughs> not exactly. Know. So yeah, I mean, again. Uh, uh, on on the video, I touch points on all of this, but I thought it was a good time for me and Husey to discuss some of the, the positives or negatives from each team in the rugby championship. We've discussed the Wallabies and their discipline. I think that's that's probably well, that's that's the that, 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 that's a, that's a negative. I guess the positive for them, though, like we sort of said at the top, is that they've looked better with ball in hand, which has been sloppy in the past. They've looked they've improved markedly there, and the defense has been pretty good. It's just been shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and, and cards that meant they've been playing with a man down where it doesn't matter how good your defense is, you're eventually going to get worn down. So 100%. it's, it's the, it, they, they've looked better at playing the game of rugby. What they haven't looked good at is, um, well, no, let me, let me rephrase that. They've looked good at, um, they've looked good at the game of rugby. They haven't looked good at playing rugby on, an in, on the international stage because part of playing rugby on the international stage is dealing with referees and that's yep. where they're falling down. Yeah, I mean, what I actually had bracketed as your two best, two of your, let's say, Kodobiti's your best player right now. The other two best players, Karevi, yep. Hooper, not playing. Yeah. Not playing, like, I think Hooper played the first. He played, played the first just, first game. Argentina. Against Argentina. And, and then, then was done because he came home after that. Yeah. So I go... That's two of your best free, two out of one of your three best players played this yeah. tournament. Like you're not in bad shoes when that's happening. Again, it's not like the people who filled in to do a poor job. Fraser McRae had moments in there. Pete Summer showed that he's definitely versatile enough to go into any of that yeah. back row and play. And then Fakedi was, was, was very, very good. good. Hunter Pasami, when he had their opportunities, took them quite I, I, well. And and I, I'd argue even that Fakedi was the last one brought in when. Um, Paisami was injured and they weren't confident in Pattaya in the centres he's arguably looked the best out of, uh, out of all of them I, it doesn't surprise me again I, I think he actually suits another Waratah the, the, <laughs> suits a 12 jersey for the Wallabies better like Pasami. I still mm. think his best position is outside centre and Akitao's far too good like Akitao's just a, a level above and I think yeah when you get Karevi back it's, it's, it is like like I said in the video you, you, you 
can get it right and go, you can you can definitely compete for that World Cup on, yeah. that, on that side of the draw. Kar- well. Karevi at 12 and then Iki Tao at 13 and then reserves, you know, you've or like backups. You've got Fiketti at 12 and um, Paisami at 13. 13. That's pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn and that's, we, we, we haven't even mentioned um, the Waratah's best player of the year, which was Izzy Parisi, who had a massive injury Andres. as well mm-hmm. um, and who I think still deserves more international action but has been cut short by injury. Like, yeah, uh, we also had uh, Tom Banks. Has got, I mean, I, I would say that by no means Australia's best player, but he's been a solid uh, option at fullback and things like that. Broken forearm and whatnot. Uh, I mean, that was that was the you can you can put a positive and negative spin on the injury toll because you clearly your team clearly had the longest list. Like, if, if it was like issues with the Wallabies, okay, dealing with the ref, yeah, injuries like yeah. second there, just like you've just been of, so unlucky, yeah. Um, yeah, Ang- Angus Bell's been had, dealing with injuries and things yep. like that as well. Like first, all across first the ever own try in rugby, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. Uh, I mean, I feel like again, I, I I was in a pub watching it and uh, couldn't have the commentary, couldn't hear the commentary, yeah. but I feel like like I understand why it ended up being the way it was in the try because, but I'm like, does Everyone knows that's Angus Bell's hand, right? Yeah. Every, everyone, everyone here can admit that was Angus Bell's hand. Like, I can understand like the TMO being like, "There's probably not enough to overturn." That's it, the thing is, it's called because it's called a try on the field, and they can't see from the camera angle where Sam Whitelock's hand is. But you just you you <laughs> you know that because it ha- it's again it's like the, the it has to be clear and evident. Ninety nine percent. Sam's Whitelock's hands are on that because the ball's rotating <laughs> in Angus Bell's hand, right? It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That one, for, that one for me was a bit of a head scratcher, but at that point I'd been so devoid of emotion and feeling that I just accepted <laughs> it. So, yeah, that was that was a that was a very very strange one for me. And I mean, we said week in and week out on this on this podcast about the the issues with refereeing and the laws of the game in general. Far they need to get those cleaned up soon because. Yeah, like that's just that. That's the kind of stuff that pushes viewers away. Yeah. Like, and again, yeah. I, I still like the every try gets reviewed. So you sit there for a minute, like bump try, celebration happens. It gets reviewed in the background. You don't need to send it up to the TMO. Yeah, and then say he came back and said it was a try. We probably get one replay on our screen. The fact that you you saw about a thousand fucking replays was yeah. kind of like okay, it makes it worse for everyone. Yeah, it's like okay, it's more than it's ninety nine percent. Angus Bell's hand, but the ref goes. It's, I can't see any camera. You know, like it's it's fucked. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah, yeah. Look, NRL is not perfect by any means, but I think they've got a smoother product out there than what rugby does at the moment. And yeah, there's there's moaning about the the bunker and calls week in and week out in the NRL. None of them have been howlers on the scale of what we saw with the Bernard Foley call. Or the Angus Bell one, I think. Yeah. Like, if imagine if either of those calls had happened <laughs> in, in NRL. NRL. Jesus, I think we might have seen the first ever live decapitation on NRL three hundred and sixty. <laughs> Paul Kent taking someone's head off. Uh, like, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible when you think about it. Yeah, um, how those calls got made. And yes, you look at NRL; they've got a smoother product in, in that regard. In that, what's on the field goes by. Pretty pretty quickly. Like the, the worst call they had this season was the, the Cowboys and, and Tigers game one. But then they came out with a full sort of like review afterwards, explained yeah. the decision making. We don't the, the closest we had to this was Nigel Owens tweeting about it. And he's he, as respected as he is, he's not an official representative yeah. of, of the of the refereeing body or anything like that. So 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. It, dry, it drives viewers away from the game. It does. It, it, like, you know, Again, that's why, why would I you want to watch? Why would you want to watch? The, the NFL has it so well. Like, mm. Every touchdown gets reviewed. Bang. As soon as it's reviewed, we, we play yeah. on. Uh, you don't need to see a thousand replays. Let's just get the product out there. But, yeah, so, I mean, Wallabies, lots of good and lots of bad that came from the Rugby Championship. The All Blacks, I said the main one for them was the positive is that they learnt from every mistake. So. Yeah. Lost a game, then went ahead and won a game. Lost a game, then ahead and won a game. Lost a game, went ahead and won a game. Now, oh, well, they didn't lose that second to last one. But um, what I do think is, obviously, World Cup time, that's an issue because you don't have an opportunity to learn, especially at knockout stages. So there is a lot, I think, that will be going on around the world, All Blacks' heads of how do we avoid that situation. How, how long has Ian Foster been coached for? I don't actually know. When was he appointed coach? Uh, after the 2019 World Cup. Okay. So. Yeah, so for me, I get. I see what you're saying about learning. I would, I would argue that it's not just the the players that were learning, but I think is Ian Foster was learning as well of what he needs to do as coach. Like he's had a couple of years in the job, sure, but and I mean, he hasn't been a big coach before this. Like he hasn't yeah. had a Super Rugby side. He was just part of the setup. Yeah, I think it's sort of like. Trying, trying to think the way to phrase it. Like, he, he's learning as well. Yeah. And I think actually, and this might surprise some people, I would say that one of the All Blacks' strengths was in, in, in this rugby championship was their coaching. Because to come back from a loss like the loss against Argentina yep. where and the losses against Ireland, where they are historic losses, right? Low points for New Zealand rugby. When they're you know, <laughs> low points, yeah, low points. We well, you're, you're treading water in the shallow end of a kiddie pool, right? <laughs> That's the low point for New Zealand rugby, uh, and but that, that that is a low point for those players. It is all relative. Like they've got to bounce back from that, right? And who who's who's getting these players up and ready to go for the next games? It's the coaches. Like who is preparing and who is pointing out these mistakes that they've made and how to fix them? It's the, it's the coaches, right? Yeah, and the. The New Zealand side that we saw week six of the rugby championship in, in Eden Park, you compare it to week one of the rugby championship against South Africa. Yep. Night and day. Yep. Night and day. So much better. So, so much better. Right? Uh, you could see even improvement in in the players, and that, that comes with coaching as well. Like Rico Ioane, I think, like, there was, there was, you know, he's a good player. Everyone knows he's a really good player, but there's still, like, were some, I guess, question marks about his readiness and like some aspects of his game, but he's especially he's, in the center position. Yeah, yep. But he's elevated himself uh, so much in this in this rugby championship over the course of it. So I think that the coaching for New Zealand has actually uh, been one of their strengths because it has gotten them through that adversity. And I mean, yeah. And I think a big factor in there is um, bringing on Ryan and Schmidt, obviously Joe Schmidt, former Ireland coach. Uh, as attacking coach, that you can definitely see there's some value in that and value in what they've done with that. And I think it's a lot of people aren't giving Foster the credit he actually deserves for not only battling for adversity himself and getting this team for adversity, but realizing he made a mistake and changing it. So Ethan the group wasn't selected in the mm. Irish series, and I don't even think he was selected in the first South African game, was brought in. Um, making the changes with the coaches. Mm. Uh, we saw it in the NFL. I mean, the uh, Denver Broncos brought in a, a specific time management yeah. to, to deal with it. To sit there as a coach and go, you know, I'm one year out from a World Cup. I've 
got these guys who I brought with me to the my job interview. It's not working. I'm making a change, and we're selecting different players. Yep. It's a that it, it takes massive, you know, balls, and it takes a lot of perseverance and belief that you can actually do that. That mm-hmm. he's done. So uh, you've got to give him praise there, and yeah, hundred percent. And I agree with you. So I mean, New Zealand, they'll look at this rugby championship and go boxes tick, but the eye on the prize for next next year, especially. Yeah. South Africa, it was re- it's really hard to judge South Africa because they didn't put a lot of foot, like, feet wrong like in this game. You think the Australian one, where they played lo- and lost to Australia, they hadn't won there for since 2013. So it's not like it's a run-of-the-mill, they go there and they win all the time. It mm. doesn't just happen. So the only really bad performance they can say is that game against the All Blacks at home that they lost. And to say that there was a bad performance, it wasn't. Like They were in that game for a long period of times. Uh, conscientious decision... For a, a shepherding was was kind of what could have made or broke their, their their rugby championship. So the only kind of outlook I had was a when they play South Africa ball, which I'm calling it now, is their yeah. high kicks and they play their style unbeatable. Like you saw it, we saw it, I, we saw it in their first game. You saw it in the second game. So that's positive for them. The only negative is then just not ruthless enough. When they beat teams, you don't see them beating teams like the All Blacks do, yeah. putting people to the sword. Well, these Argentinian games, like they let, kept Argentina in these games. In these games, which you don't need to win a Rugby World Cup. And mm. if there's ever a specialist team to win a Rugby World Cup, it's South Africa. So I go, they're probably not that worried. Okay, yeah. yeah. they, re- they the, the way they'll be looking at it is they let a rugby championship slip through their hands. But, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll be like, we can still win a rugby world cup, and we know we can. Yeah. Speaking of South Africa ball, though, I, and I hate to go back and praise New Zealand, but uh, one thing we did say going into the New Zealand series was the the non selection of Reese Hodge would be all right because New Zealand don't typically put that many attacking kicks through. That's one of the main things I saw from them all series was a willingness to put those kick throughs uh, and rely on their speed to get there, and it and it worked. So, and again, that comes back to coaching. So I'm just I'm reinforcing my. My point here, that Ian Foster isn't as bad as some of the people think. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be worse. It, it could be worse. Be worse. He's, 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 probably, he's probably got something to him where he's, he's, he's earned that job. He's probably, there's, there is probably, he, he probably has some qualifications. There, there, yeah, you don't get Steve Hansen and even Sir Graham Henry who helped make the decision deciding yeah. that if you're not any half decent. Yeah. Um, Argentina, I just kind of had, look, you tick a lot of boxes, mm. but you still finish last. So, Chick has got them moving in the right direction. But I think we we all want more. Like they're, yeah. they're ready to take the next step now and actually finish higher than fourth. We, we, I don't. I think it's false to say that we all want more from. We all want more, but not at the expense of our team. Exactly. Right. I like, want them to like, beat. I me, want them to beat the Wallabies. I don't yeah. want them to beat the All Blacks, and I want them to beat the South Africans. I think everyone wants. Yeah. Them. If you look, if you look at Argentina <laughs> this year, and you saw that they beat two teams, uh, you'd be like, oh, it's great. You don't want one of those teams to be you. No. Right? Everyone wants everyone wants all the other teams to improve, but not to be better than your team. Exactly. Right? You always want every, <laughs> you want another good second place team, but you want to be first. Yep. Right. So as I as much as we want Argentina to improve, we don't want them to improve that much. We still want to beat Argentina. No, a hundred percent. I yeah. mean like But uh, but we want them to beat everyone else. Like yeah. I want Argentina to beat New Zealand. That was great. Yeah. yeah I want them to do it again. Right? But I don't, I don't want to beat the I think that they will they will catch a couple of teams out every year yeah. from now on. So it's going to be like, if you're not on your A game against them, you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, as like you just said, I think we want them to improve, but not against, not yeah, not against own, us. Our, our it's own the same team. with every team in the world. We want, I want all the teams to be equally as good, 
except for Australia, who I want to be better than everyone else. <laughs> and that's, that's how every rugby fan is. It, well, you know, I want every team in the world, except for South Africa, to be as good as each other, and then I want the Wallabies to be better and the South Africans <laughs> to be worse. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, a couple of points I wanted to point out. Will Jordan and Geordie Barrett. Uh, mm. Now, the reason I point them out, is A, Geordie Barrett's moved to 12, which I said, I think, very early in the podcast. I really like the idea of that. Yeah. Uh, worked fantastically. Surprise, surprise, Luke knows rugby. Um, but one thing that's still yet to happen, and there's a lot of talk happening about this, is Will Jordan to fullback. He stayed on that right wing, and I know Jeff Wilson, one of our all-time great wingers, said, just stay on the wing and become the greatest right winger in the world. And I go, I get that, but... Razor doesn't put him at fullback for the Crusaders unless he's pretty hot shit at yeah. what he's going to do. I just, I feel like at some point, I reckon in the Northern Tour, he will get a shot. I thought it was a good opportunity here. I, I don't mind the selection of Bowden Barrett and keeping Will Jordan there. I don't, I think he's actually a better fullback than right winger. His defensive lapses, now you could say, oh, he's not, those defensive lapses will show in the fullback, but I think his defensive lapses on the wing have, could have cost us. So we saw it against Australia with Pete yeah. Samu going around him. I think I just I just think there's an opportunity there for him to play fullback. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent agree. I think I think that's where he will eventually wind up. End up. up. Uh, on to off the rugby championship and international world for now. Super rugby draw released. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the the normal format, which is not all of not geographically split exactly. So it's a bit of everyone everywhere. Super round is round two, I believe. It's pretty early on. So, yeah, a bang on second round, which yeah. is good. I think we've actually got the Rebels that year. Um, just, it's in Melbourne. They signed a two-year contract, so it wasn't like they were changing it. But uh, hopefully we can get a few more with less COVID situations yeah. happening and stuff through that door. Uh, I would be very excited for that. Uh, do, we, do we know if there's more games in uh, Fiji and the Pacific this year? There's a game in the Pacific, 100%. I believe it's actually... Minor Pacific versus Adura in uh, over Samoa or Tonga, one of the two. Mm. I think it's Samoa. Um, and I believe there's another game, a couple of games in Fiji. That's so, uh, yeah, I think there, there definitely is plans. Um, all of the Waratahs at Allianz, uh, every single game mm-hmm. this year. And I actually saw the CEO of the Waratahs come out and say they're going to try and create a party stand in one of the parts, which is cool. always good. I've been down in Dunedin yeah. where they do that and it works really well. So if they can, that's Look, great. For, for, for the first time since the Waratahs won Super Rugby, the Waratahs are on an uptick. Since then, they've sort of been, they've been trending downwards, <laughs> right? But this last year, with Darren Coleman and what he was able to do with the team, the exciting moves the team did, like bringing Hooper back, got Angus Bell, got Izzy Parisi in there. you got next-generational talents like Tane Edmund and things like that. Yeah. Wallabies are on a bit of an uptick, which uh, you, you've got one of the most popular players in Super Rugby who we don't see on the international stage, which is a shame just because there's so much other talent in Charlie Gamble, yep. right? You've got like great entertaining players. This another, is more, now's the time to capitalise. Start um, building up that fan base again. Another good year of recruitment as well. Kirtley Bill brought, brought yep. back. They brought in, I don't know, Max Jorgensen? Yeah, Jorgensen. I've seen that. Yeah, a, a very young. Barker boy, is it? Yeah, very yeah. young. I think he's a. 15 or 12 or something like that. He's a, he's a back. Yeah, he's sure. a, he's, so he look, Yeah, looks, looks yeah, the part. Um, Nandolo brought in as well, who's still ripping it up in the, in the, in the for yep. Leicester. So I'm like, it's it's not looking bad. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for the new, the, well, the, the back to this yeah. format, because I think the potential there, like you can actually see now just everyone playing everyone and it's going to be like... Yeah, what's, what's good is sort of this last year, we broke the sort of hoodoo of Australians can't beat New Zealand teams. Exactly. They can. They, they did. Next, this year... 
hopefully there's progress. There's there's more. It's it's not like three games out of ten. It's five games out of five kind of thing. More competitive. Um, exactly. You know, hopefully someone beats the Crusaders. Just as long as the Crusaders... This next Super Rugby season will be a success as long as the Crusaders don't win. I agree with that totally. Um, because That's something that all Super Rugby fans I can agree yeah, with. Yeah, uh, there is... <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to discuss as well before, as we move off Super Rugby, just quickly, Bundyaki. I don't know if you've seen the incident with Bundyaki. No. Um, Bundyaki over in Ireland, Ireland playing for Cornwall yep. against South Africa. Against the Stormers. I'm just going to see if I can bring up an image of it. And for everyone who's on the podcast, probably not the best. Oh, have I got it? Hold on. We'll put like... Luke will do some video editing magic and put a... Yeah, for the YouTube people, over you'll, me. you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Um, but... Okay, so the incident happens here. He gets recarded here. Okay. Um, I'm just going to mute it so it doesn't... Sorry, yeah. sorry, podcasting. No, um, that's right. This is the interactive experience they want, yeah. So, man over the ball, here comes Bundyaki. Yeah. Okay. Oof. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, recard, understandable. But he asked a good question and is getting a bit of stick because he asked it quite aggressively, they're saying to the ref, it's not that bad. Um, what's he meant to do there? The man's gone past the ball. His head's in a dip position. Now, he's obviously come in with a lot of force. Yeah, he's coming very quickly there. But he's gone as low as he probably could go. He's The, the thing he could improve is obviously take his eyes onto the contact because he's not looking at the contact when he's making contact. Yeah. It all happens in a split second. It's very tough. Now, what I really like from this incident was the Stormers ref uh, a Stormers coach saying, look, he understands what Aki Bundy's saying and Bundy's trying to do, but they've lost the player. He, the, the guy might be up for four weeks with yeah. a, a concussion and, and so on. So Bundy here is pretty much going like, what What am I meant to do here? And they're all getting like, he's a little bit animated, but it's yeah. not nothing special again. It's animated for rugby. Yeah, can football. you play the start of it again for me? Just, okay. I just want to ha- have a look. For, for me, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good point and it is, it is an issue. I mean, one thing I, I, I'm going to, Bring this back to the the Wallabies uh, all wax game. One thing I did like that I did see, which doesn't get called out that much, is one of the New Zealand players, number six, just dove straight over the top of the ball. That needs to be called more. Like um, there are certain things in in the ruck where you can maybe call it a bit more. Yeah. So they because they do come mm. off their feet like that. Like that is now what a clean out looks like, basically. Yeah. So I understand like he's doing what a normal clean out. Look how like low the guy's head to the ground is. Like he's yeah. over the ball. He's actually the attacker's in the wrong position. And this is where I'm starting to kind of go. Look, I totally understand where we have to go with head protection with everything. Yeah. Like you cannot attack a head, yeah. but. At some point, we need to hold also the attack accountable. Yeah. Like, how many attackers are dipping their head going into contact and causing issues yeah. like that? You exactly. Know? That, yeah, needs to be... You can never excuse contact like that. So yeah. when you, so the fact that he's gone in for that contact, he gets the card, that is what it is. But you have to incentivize players to, to not go in for that contact by knowing that the opposition player will be punished for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So if we're going to say that's the wrong thing, that... Yeah, that opposition player then needs to be say there's a penalty for you've you've come you've gone to the wrong position here yourself. You're penalised, and this is a penalty as much for your own safety as it is for, uh, as it is for you just being in the wrong position. And it is it's it's probably the harshest card you get in rugby is the one where someone's you know over the ball trying to steal it because their body's so low and you're coming to clean them out like yeah that's that's going to take a learning curve I think. 
of at yeah. least five years before we start to see real improvement yeah. from that. Because you can understand the tackle height getting lower. That's an easy one to fix. To fix what these guys who have been trained at since kids to come in, yeah. clean out like that, it's going to take a while. So yeah. I just wanted to share some sympathy for a former New Zealander who, yeah. I mean, you know, is recarded. It, it's not the best look, but it's it's a tough decision. Yeah, sure. Other than that, there's a Women's Rugby World Cup around the corner, which mm-hmm. I'm getting quite excited for. Uh, the... New Zealand women, I would say, are in a good position right now. A lot better than they were probably looking a year ago. However, the English women have won something ridiculous, like 23 tests in a row and broke the All Blacks record. So uh, they go in as heavy favourites. It is in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, so exciting times. We'll keep yeah. you up to date with that as well, how that's going. Other than that, I think that's the general rugby consensus sorted. I will I will be releasing, and I've got to send it f- through to Husey first, but I've done a little update to our... Sanzar team because a oh, yeah. pre-tournament we did a, a Sanzar XV yeah. and obviously a lot of change like we had Karevi in it so I've kind of done it with the idea yeah. that if these players played who played Parecki well. at two I think we picked him he stays uh, I've uh, yeah I think I've got yeah. him slightly out yeah. on the outset just because we didn't have Samasoni Tokiyo so there are there are players but I think like Rob Valentini has slotted back into their yeah. Um, Pistol Pete might slide in there. Somewhere. There, there might tough, be. There was there was a couple white to change because I had to take Hooper out. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm going to send that to Husey to make sure he gives me the t- stamp of approval, which I'm I'm sure he will because I make some pretty good decisions. Um, but yeah, I I will send that. So keep keep looking at our Instagram page to kind of see the changes we've made there. Yeah. Uh, also, we'll obviously do a Super Rugby preview closer to the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, Rugby World sorted. Yep. Yep. Well, it will be sorted when they listen to us. When when they listen to us. When they listen to us, and we, we fix everything. We can fix it. We yeah. are we are Mister Fix It. All right. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today on that rugby podcast. I am Luke. That is Husey. We will see you next time. Bye. Peace.